Hello everyone and welcome to episode 45 of Double DM. We do not have much to talk about, but that we have actually hit our last one year goal we wanted to crack. 2000 listens under our belt. And we seriously can't express how much this means to us. Seriously, thank you so much. Thank you to everyone that listened to our show. What I said last week about an episode of DDM on the 26th might not be true after all. It depends on how much work we have to do before Christmas holidays. I hope for the Q&A to release but can't make any promises. Well, with that, there's nothing left for me to do but to ask you guys to give us a nice review, some 5 stars or a social media shoutout. Also, vote for us in the N-World Hall of Fame, which is going till next Friday. It would seriously mean the world a second time to us to also make the Hall of Fame this year. Really, I mean, that's bonkers. But with that, enjoy episode 45, Social Hubs. Hello everyone, welcome to WDM Podcast episode 45. I am Emil, your host, I have Niels with me today. Niels, I'm doing good, how are you? Yeah, I, I can't complain either. I can't complain either. It is snowing outside, or at least it was like a couple of minutes ago. Yeah, yeah it was. I was outside. Yeah. It is fucking cold. Oh yes it is. So... Niels, yes. please tell me, did you have anything TTRPG related happen to you this week? Uh, yeah, oh. we had our session zero, Oh, which was a lot of fun, which was crazy. I mean, completely bonkers, but fun, and I'm excited for what is going to happen next. Uh, session zero, yeah, we had the, the, yeah, we had session zero for Titans Call. Um, exactly. It was an interesting discussion we had we met our players we met mm -hmm. me the dm yeah now the next thing to do is start recording and yeah make episodes and and then edit and then release them and yeah have imposter syndrome all the way through it, yeah <laughs> De definitely <laughs> <laughs> no honestly really i've never been so scared before a session zero in my life i don't know same. why I, like like same. i had so much anxiety going into this even though i knew it will be a good one it, because i'm surrounded by players and people that i love yeah <laughs> okay um okay please um while you're here i yeah. i want to ask you I, I know we've did this already after the session zero, but I want to ask you again for the listeners, what did you enjoy? What, what are you expecting to happen? A lot of crazy stuff. And I, I, I don't really want to say what I expect to happen because I want something that I don't expect to happen. Mm -hmm. And whatever this way is, we'll see along the way. But it, there will be possible destruction and death and fun and weird shit. So I'm all here for it. Yeah, it will be fun. Um, People out there, at least some already know this, but you guys, as my players, decided full human party, no magic. Yeah. Outright. And I, I'm like here, yeah, this is D&D. There are 50 races. You guys chose all one of them and it's the human. I mean, yeah. I don't have a problem with that, right? I, I love humans. 
in the game. Yeah. I, I love them for what they are. Simple, easy. But, but that makes them interesting alone. But I never expected you guys to go full human party. But it works for the story. It, it works because you're all by basically now grounded into this very high concentrated fantasy world. Which I inter interpret as... It's a normal fantasy world, but the magic and, and, and weird shit and, and all all these fantasy and um, fantastic elements especially, they are all highly concentrated because when they are pre presented, they are epic. And if they are not there, it's just normal. Like most of you guys probably have never seen a mage or never really interacted with one before. Yeah. So when the first fireball flies, it will be... Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Just mind-blowing. Yeah. You guys start in the town all together. You don't know each other yet, but you will be brought together very quickly and have to work together very quickly. Those that have seen the announcement of Titan's Call already kind of know what's what the story is going to be about because the subtitle of Titan's Call is Ancient, Angered, and Awakened. Mm -hmm. So make of that what you want, but uh, most people's minds will go into one direction and they can say, yes, that's the direction you will expect here. Like, you, you can throw wild theories already out here at me, right? I, I have something planned already. Uh, Let's just say I'm a bit worried about some of my characters of my backstory. <laughs> just so you know... I have uh, my character has a wife and a kid, and I don't think they will survive very long. It would be weird if they do. <laughs> <laughs> How old is your kid again? I think he's six. Oh, um, hmm. <laughs> well, this is inconvenient. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Let's see what <laughs> what will happen. Um. I mean, angered. Uh, ancient, angered, and awakened doesn't match together well with having a loving family <laughs> still being alive. It just, I mean, it, it just doesn't work that good. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you you know my my opinion on on backstories and that they don't have to be tragic in any way, but there just needs to be a call to adventure. This time, I'm gonna make the call to adventure. <laughs> <laughs> yes, by just eradicating every backstory you guys have. Yeah, I mean, not everything. Uh, I have something. I, I think I have something that you can work with, even though my. Oh, you guys all have given family. me something yeah. very interesting to work with. I just need to find the best way to put it all together. I and you to will. Find that. The first session, however, is already in planning. And it's interesting what I've seen so far. So, yeah. It, w it will be a lot of fun. Yeah, I guess. D don't guess. You know. You know it will be a lot of fun. Don't give me that crap. I give you that crap. I give you oh, that crap. Of course you do. Of course you do. Um, um, well, in other news, Emil had one of the wildest rides with COVID precautions. Okay, tell me about it. Emil went out on a Wednesday, on Wednesday this weekday, and got tested. Mm-hmm. Went home, got the test result, which was positive. Okay. What you do when you get a positive test result, you get a second test. Yeah. A so-called PCR test to confirm if that test is actually correct. Yeah. Emil went to another test station because the one he went to doesn't actually have PCR tests, even though they advertise as such. So I, need to, I had to do a second quick test. That one was negative. Okay. Which okay. means I'm not allowed to get a PC to allowed to get a PCR test because 
they only are allowed to handle PCR tests to positive quick tests. Yeah. So, because both tests have the same weight in our system of bureaucracy, I was both positive and negative for COVID-19. So, what did I do? I quarantined for 24 hours, went out this morning again to get a second test or a third test actually from that pcr test station mm -hmm. which was negative okay which means okay. i have two negative tests and one false positive test which means i am not actually infected with covid19 thank god though for 24 hours it could have been basically both for 24 hours you were a schrodinger's COVID, covid patient yeah basically i, I okay. it was both positive and negative when you when you look at it from a system perspective i mm -hmm. had no symptoms i did not contaminate anyone but obviously i instantly contacted everyone i've met up with in the last 24 hours hey i've tested positive we believe it's a false positive but you need to get tested as well. Yeah. All of those people got tested. None of them were positive, which means basically mine has to be a false positive. And the two yeah. negatives just strengthen that. So, yeah. But since my lifestyle is basically staying inside and being on Twitter all day, I even if I'm even if I had two false negatives, all of my last contacts had false negatives or did not get infected, I will just stay inside as long as I can. <laughs> <laughs> Especially just 20 minutes ago, uni my university announced that all lectures will be moved online. Okay, yeah. For the last week, because tomorrow is nothing. And then the last week of this year's uh, lectures will be online. And hopefully in the new year until the end again. Yeah, pro Which probably. works in my favor me. because I love online exams. Because they're... At online least exams how, are good. How my university does them, or at least how my field of study does it at our university because i'm a computer scientist major and one of the beautiful things about computer scientists is they don't care if you cheat there are there are so many safe browsers from universities where you when you have an exam go in there and can't do anything else you can't google something or something right they don't give a damn by at our place they just mm -hmm. say well the exam is not uh, that hard that you actually have to know the contents of this lecture to actually make it in the time they yeah. they, they, they didn't make uh, they didn't find ways to make sure you can't cheat they made ways to ensure that even if you cheat you don't have time to complete everything you need to know the stuff to do it and even mm -hmm. if you like Right? It doesn't matter if you actually look something, look a formula up or something, right? That everyone as does. As long as you don't uh, know how to use the formula, it isn't any good to you. Yeah, exactly, right? That, it doesn't matter to, to ensure that people don't Google the answer to a test. Obviously, if the answer is a text, you just have to copy, paste from the internet. That is okay. That's understandable, right? But honestly, really, <laughs> they never really thought to care about these safe browsers or whatever, safe programs that safeguard this. They just said, well, let's make the exams harder yeah. or make the exams different. Harder for those that think that it's going to be easier than when they have to take it in the university or in person. But the same amount of difficulty for those that still do the work that they were supposed to do, meaning yeah. doing the homework, doing the exercises, doing preparations for an exam, then it's Being not a problem for you. And all that stuff. Yeah. Paying attention alone will grant you enough. Yeah. The same for my exam coming up in March, I think it is. Mm, yeah, uh, March we have some phase. sort of online test kind of thing like we are having right now for the homework in the mm. same style. And it is an open book exam. So you can use everything from the lecture that you want, yeah. but they will use um, questions or uh, yeah, questions to that ask of you to use the formulas in a specific way, not just find out which formula to use and then just, just insert plug things. in some numbers, right? 
But here, here's the formula. You all have this and you need to find out a specific other thing. Yeah. What do you do with I, this formula? From my perspective, that's even better than just letting us uh, learn the formula up and down and, and memorize it because yeah. applying the knowledge we already have in textbooks is the things that they are actually supposed to teach us. It's way better to be able to apply knowledge that you find rather than remembering knowledge. Because if you know where to find the answers to specific questions knowledge-wise, this is a skill you always need. And then the step from getting or using the information you got from the textbook or the internet or wherever, and then using it to your advantage or to your aid is the real challenge. And this is something which you are supposed to learn in university probably usually but yeah mm -hmm. well um i think that we have reached the end of our recap uh, we will see you guys after the ads for our episode topic social hubs gemfirefly.com combines nerdy interests and aesthetic attitude into one awesome store find shirts of the highest quality and softest comfort along with home items such as mugs blankets and flags collections like the dungeon glitch geeky designs or the spicy not safe for work section offer a variety of unique graphics perfect for your message attitude and lifestyle profits from the shop have planted thousands of trees to fight hunger and climate change while also supporting notable charities and game community causes check out the link below or visit gemfirefly.com and skim your favorite shirts right now the lords of galipay patron page is just as customizable as the trail of heroes character creation allowing you to access different lords of galipay content like character portrait loot charts and access to the game trail of heroes standard if you sub at higher tiers you gain the ability to vote for the next month's big content and access to maps every two weeks for you to use plus access to all the bonus content for trail of heroes standard Check out the Patreon page in the description below. And with that, welcome back to the episode. Now we get into the topic of today's episode, social hubs. So, first things first, what do we mean when we say social hubs? A social hub is a spot somewhere that has one specific purpose minimum, and that is for people to go there to socialize. Yes, that explanation means basically nothing to people. But basically, a social hub is anything that is a place where people go to meet up with others and do some stuff with others. So, for example, if people in the real world are going bowling, the bowling alley would be a social hub because that's a place for you to do stuff with your friends. Exactly. So, but we are a tabletop RPG podcast. What does it mean to have I would life? love to be a bowling podcast, though. I have no I mean, idea about bowling, but just saying. That's how it all starts, having no idea and then making shit up on the fly until you make it. Yeah, okay, going back to TTRPGs, <laughs> because that's why we're here. Exactly. <laughs> all good. Why do we need social hubs in TTRPGs? And what's the importance of that? Well, first of all, the question is, why do you need them? That's a big question, in my opinion, because the answer could be very simple, because they exist in the real world. They have always existed in the real world, because humans, and now since we're in the real world, only humans and not elves, dwarves, halflings and whatnot. We are social creatures by design. Every one of us, like, we learn from others. We are stronger together as humans. So yeah, we are social creatures. In a society, people need other people. Yeah, we, we, we survive together, we work together. We are social creatures, period. And that 
however, translates to every other D&D lineage race, right? In D&D, how I like to call them, every culture-creating creature is a social creature. Yeah. Because culture often means society as well. Yeah. History and Yeah, so basically why you have them is because they exist in the real world. And because every creature that you can play as in D&D and more are social creatures. They are social beings, so they should have these hubs as well because there is a need for them in the world as well. People need to socialize. Exactly. That's a very basic reason. Focusing that question more on the protagonists of your story, so the player characters, they need to have those social hubs as well because those are the gathering spots for adventurers most of the time, especially taverns and stuff. Because as we said, these are the places where people meet. So this goes as well for the adventurers. They get their quests there. They, they meet their themselves. They meet other people. They meet NPCs. They get everything they want and need from these social hubs. Mm. I mean, it's the classic, oh, so old classic you meet in a tavern. And one thing about that, for example, is for me, why do people do this? And we talked about this a few times already uh, in two or three episodes, I know. Because it's a classic for a reason because it's so simple and it's good it's a good way to start why is that because the tavern is a social hub because the tavern is a place where people meet where people socialize it's a great way to let your players introduce their characters find the others and interact a bit get a quest as well and get sent on their way it's basic it's simple but it works and it's tried and tested as well, right? It I mean, it works the same way in the real world. The tavern is basically the medieval equivalent of a cafe, a bar, a restaurant, a club, anything that has to do with social interactions in a calm social setting. Mm -hmm. This is the, the whole equivalent in the medieval times if we talk just purely like the classic medieval fantasy. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I don't know, well, if you... Right. If you go to a cafe, let's say let's take a cafe. Um, I think that's one of the best examples. You you go there and you might meet new p friends. You you exactly. might sit down at a table. Someone else might come over and say, "Can I sit here?" And boom, that's how you meet people. You could say in the modern age with technology, everyone is more enclosed and doesn't want to talk to people. Yes, maybe let's not let's not dive too deep into that. But generally, a place where people meet for whatever reason can be considered a social hub because when people meet, they interact because we as humans in the real world and in the game as every type of creature that socializes because we have the need to. We, we want to socialize. If we meet someone and, and just awkwardly stare at each other, that's not gonna be fun for both sides. So both sides uh, eventually will try to socialize and that's how you get a social hub, right? <laughs> exactly. It, it, basically, a social hub is a hub where you socialize and every hub is a social hub. Yeah, Long it, definition, short social hubs are just social hubs. <laughs> yeah, it, it's like a green is green, but it works. This definition is it's just a place where people meet, talk and all that stuff. You, you get our idea. I think, or our definition of a social hub. So let's talk about the scale of social hubs, shall we? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do I mean by uh, scale? I mean, a social hub can have different sort of scales, even metaphorically and physically different scales. One example we talked about earlier was, or before the episode, was we talked about a little hamlet where one or two families live in a single 
small house. There would also be, in this little enclosed space, there would also be a social hub, probably the living room or the kitchen or something like this. Because this is the place where, if you want to socialize, you go there and see if people are there to talk, to socialize, to interact with each other. And this thing scales up to the uh, metropolis level, basically. But then the social hubs split up for different types of purposes other than just meeting people. You have the tavern, you have the market, you have a town hall, you have shopping streets, all this. They all have the same base purpose to meet and socialize, but also at least one additional purpose as well, because you can't fit that all in one enclosed space. Yeah, I mean, as, as the number of people in a settlement, for example, grow, there will be a need for more social hubs just because one social hub can only fit so many people. You, you, you could expand the one social hub to a certain size to maybe fit everyone, but then that, like you said, with the shopping street, for example, that could be all considered one social hub, but I would consider it several little social hubs put together into one spot. Every shop on that sh shopping street is a certain social hub and a specific one. A bakery is different, for example, from a movie theater. But they could be both on the same street meant that that started from a certain point. Because now we're getting into, for example, the world building side of history of settlements, right? They settle at some point. And I think that's very important because what's the first social hub for every settlement when a settlement starts i would say basically the well or the market around the, water the city center the water source yeah. it's always the water source because you can't build a settlement with people that need water to live without the water that's why you don't see villages in the desert except near an oasis or something else that provides water yeah you will never see people survive without without water and that's why for example the well in a small village is the social hub. That's the town square, you could say. Th that's why you always see the well in the town square, because the town square develops around the well, because that's where people meet. And at some exactly. point, they're going to realize, okay, this town square we have here is not good enough for us to meet. So we expand this meeting place because we can't move the well. And that's why, for example, marketplaces develop in even smaller cities and smaller towns because these the well everyone meets there and at some point people are gonna come in and say hey i can just put up a stand here and sell my wares because people are gonna be here yeah everyone you don't build the here, shop including me right you don't build the shop to get the people to the shop you build the shop where the people are exactly you, you can't see just build you the shop in the stuff. wild and expect people to grow around it you need to build the shop where the people are it's simple. It's just the way it works. Because yeah. if there is no demand, demand, you can't offer anything. If we are just talking about shops or stuff. Because if you if you op just open a shop where nothing is, just in the middle of nowhere, no one ever moves along there, goes there, or anything. Mm -hmm. You just have a hut somewhere. It's just it's just a building. But if you put the same building next to a well or next to a busy street, suddenly people have a reason to be there and see something and check it out mm. and then this one big social hub splits into two mm. and so it just keeps on splitting 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 for different purposes yeah i think there are thousand different purposes the purpose of socializing always stays but for example other reasons could be uh, sustenance 
food, water. Um, so, for example, the well would be water. But, for example, a tavern or a restaurant or whatever is food. Is Right? You go yeah. there to find food. Uh, guild halls are perfect purposes for that specific occupation. A guild of monster hunters, for example, a guild of adventurers are meeting spots for exactly that type of occupation. A social hub for clerics, a temple, right? Religion yeah. is a big Big, big reason for socialization. Oh, yeah. Being together, united in one faith. And and that's not even, yeah, united in one faith, basically. Um, another one could be, um, I don't know, um, recreational activities. The bowling alley, the theater, or whatever you want to have, right? People are gonna need some place where they can distract themselves from work or busy life or whatever. At least in the Right, that that's the thing. The smaller the city, the less need for certain types of social hubs. You don't need an adventuring guild in a city f for 100 people. Because all of these 100 people, maybe just two, would consider themselves adventurers. Monster hunters, even less. Right, you you need to think about the social hub needs to have a purpose, but it also needs to have some sort of way to sustain itself. It needs to sustain itself, and that's easily done. Let's say just by people. Right, this is now. Urban planning. <laughs> We're getting <laughs> yeah, into urban basically. planning. Wait, when you're looking at a map of New York, mm -hmm. you can and so basically say, I want to see all Starbucks in Lower Manhattan or something. You can see where they are placed and you can draw a radius around these and calculate how many people live in that radius. And yeah. that is the amount of people that that Starbucks needs to sustain itself to be profitable so for example i think a starbucks needs 500 people to sustain itself in new york right so yeah. for example a tavern would only make sense if it has enough if there would be enough people so this tavern can sustain itself so in a little hamlet a tavern wouldn't make sense because there would never be enough people to pay but in a small village let's say a 300 people a tavern could make a small tavern could make sense for the farmers or workers of the town first of all to socialize but also because they have enough people to sustain this tavern because yep. the tavern may need to still pay taxes to the government of the country they are in or buy the food right have they have costs if you uh, if you provide food to others and these things need you need to think about how many people there are to use the social hub in, exactly. in a village you could say the whole village is supposed to use the social hub but in a big city like 10,000 people cannot live in one cannot live with one tavern that isn't enough you need more taverns there's also an upper limit and you need to have always this range of lower limit and an upper limit and you need to know both of these for the social hubs you create in my opinion when, when you're creating social hubs you need to know how many people does this place need to actually be profitable for itself or at least sustain itself and how many people can it actually fit and not fit inside in a, in a size sense but just how many people can actually live with the social hub at what point do I need two social hubs of these types? Yeah, and one thing that limits those things as well as has a lower limit and an upper limit is not just the demographic limit, but the geographical limit of distance as well. That's something you have to keep in mind. Because if this, uh, the city or the town or whatever is not that densely populated, the demographical limit for, for example, a temple wouldn't be reached, but no one is willing to drive or walk or whatever commute one and a half or two hours towards the temple so they will build something in closer proximity to that and then you have two uh, two of the same social hub types let's say it with the same sphere of influence but at different spots so you have the ability to 
say I want to go there or there or there without losing any of the social hubs. Oh yeah, definitely. The the population density, for example, is the combination of what we both just said, right? Yeah. Like if you, if, let's take Manhattan, for example, you have a lot of people on a small radius in Manhattan. Oh, yeah. These Starbucks are only like 10, no, not even 10, seven blocks away from each other. And that's 500 people. That's only three and a half blocks in New York. But when you draw that same circle in a smaller town, that's less people. So yeah. you would have to draw a bigger circle. But then you have to take into account how far are the people willing to go for this. I mean, let, let, let's be real. I don't know how often you go to Starbucks and I don't care if you don't. <laughs> how far are you willing to walk for a Starbucks coffee? If you had to buy a yeah, Starbucks coffee. Yeah, I know. Um, depends, but roughly about 10 to 15 minutes, like either walking or per bus or something yeah. like this. Yeah. Like, because if I don't have this, I can just use my coffee machine at home. It's not right. worth, I know, it's not worth the effort to drive more than that yeah. for a better cup of coffee. That's yeah. the reason I'm like, saying. I have a Starbucks not far from here. Yeah. Three blocks down or something. It would be the closest one to me actually as well. Like, yeah. that one, it, I, I am willing to walk to that if I want a Starbucks coffee. I don't drink coffee, but it doesn't matter, right? I would be willing to walk that, especially if it's, on my way to work, for example. Exactly. If it's if it's on the way, or even just a small diversion of my way is small, yes, I would take that, right? But if I had to walk, like, through the whole district I am in, mm -hmm. like, like have to walk, like, 20 to 50, 25 minutes and, like, take 10 minutes extra on my way to work to go to a coffee shop, mm -hmm. and no, I, I'm not gonna do that. I, I am not that in need. And, and now you see why placement of these social hubs is important. It's a lot of things that, that you need to consider. First of all, it needs to be at a place where people will go. You can't put a restaurant in the most um, um le less frequented street of a town and expect to make a lot of money there you, exactly. you're not gonna do a lot of money there period you need to consider how far people are willing to work uh, to walk for you or to travel for you and and that could be right you you might have these super fans let's call it than that that might travel two hours to get to the temple every sunday maybe yeah. you may ha might have these people but these people do not really count to your general audience because they are maybe five percent of the people you need exactly those are great but they are very very few people so if you're at the t in the town you need to consider how many people are how many people do i need how many people can i get and how many people can i actually accommodate with the social app those are i think the three numbers when you're creating a social app you should at least somewhat consider right they don't have to be accurate as hell you don't have to make calculations but when you have a tavern you say well a tavern wouldn't make sense if the town has less than 100 people yeah but it also doesn't make sense to only have one tavern for 1,000 people. And this tavern at this point in town probably can gather 350 people. And then you can create from that everything you need for the social hub, in my opinion. Then you can talk about the size of the social hub. This tavern can accommodate at any given mo mo moment 50 people in its in, in, in the eating room, in the canteen. Yeah. And it has 20 beds. 
or something for people uh, coming through this town. And for, with that, you can work. If those numbers are now accurate, is something entirely different, right? Some people might have better numbers than we can talk about right now, but having con considering, right, the minimum, the maximum, and, and, and the average, mm -hmm. not the average of the minimum and maximum, but just something in the range of the minimum and maximum that keeps this tavern in business. Maybe exactly. it's close to the minimum. Which could mean that this tavern might not be well paid. Maybe the their prices are too high, right? That could, that has implications. Then these numbers can have implications. You can use to work on the social hub. Exactly. You need those numbers at least roughly to plan out what your tavern or social hub feels like because yeah, this is a huge thing for social encounters or social hubs in TTRPGs. You need the feel of the place. If it's more dark and broody or colorful and full of life, it's a different implication of the tone of the social hub and therefore yeah. the interactions the uh, players can expect from that. And, and that's why I think the social hub is very dependent on the people, right? That, that's why you think about the people first. And and, and now the, these these numbers may be one of the first thoughts, but then a different one could be what kind of people go here, right? Exactly. Um, the, the type of people, not even thinking about the numbers of people, but the type. For example, um, we all know in big cities with the port, there's probably a port tavern or a port hole, like these yeah. run-down seamen taverns that are, um, yeah, right? These 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 port-side taverns, which reek of ale, which are dark and musky and... And everyone has seen some shit. Everyone they has seen shit. They are, they, are, they are cheap. Yeah. And dirty and the food isn't great but as long as the ale is strong everything is good right that reflects the people that frequent exactly. there or and at the same time this is the the social hub also influences the people right but it's it's this dual-sided ways it's, it goes both ways yeah. the people that frequent this will change the social hub and the people that go to the social hub will be changed by the social hub so it all comes down to this middle ground no one's gonna open a fancy dining restaurant in the lower part of town because the people there won't be able to afford it and the people that can afford it won't go to the lower part of town. Exactly. But if you just open a restaurant in a certain type of district, that district will influence this tavern, this restaurant, just because of the people that go there. Because, again, this restaurant has a range of people that go there. I am not going to a restaurant that's one hour away from me for food. No food is good enough for that for me. Yeah, it's just keep those things in mind. And yeah. one huge important thing why social hubs are needed in ttrpgs for example are you can create your own social networks with the uh, with these mm -hmm. as players you can talk to npcs and motivate them or pay them to give you certain information if they uh, if something comes up if you then maybe become friends and stuff and th so you have a social network of some kind or if you are in the marketplace and want to start a business as a player you need some business partners or at least people who you uh, from whom you can buy the wares you need. Mm -hmm. This is some sort of network you need as well. Or if you want to go trading in the uh, port, you need a ship, you need a captain, and all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. All these things happen in social hubs. And this is, this is one reason why you can always find some sort of quest in at least one of the social hubs in any given tavern. Yeah, If it's a rumor or right on contract, which wants somebody to handle a so some sort of monster or something. Mm -hmm. There's always this big part 
of social hubs finding mm -hmm. work yeah i mean this is the whole thing of adventurers right mm -hmm. they want to find work but not yeah i'm carrying these sacks of flour but i want to venture out in the world where can they do do that best to find people that are interested in paying them to find something out or go somewhere mm -hmm. where can they do that in social hubs Yeah, the, okay, let's go again back to you meet in a tavern. How do you get the quest? There isn't a quest board in this tavern. Let's say that. Well, someone bursts through the door. I need four people that will help me with X or bandits are attacking the town. Why do people go there? Because social hubs will be the place where you will find the most people. First of all, th there will be people that you can find to help. The highest chance you can have to find people that will help you with something is there. But also, if you put messages out there, they will spread the fastest. If someone walks into a tavern that's at an, in the evening, it's full, bandits are gonna attack in the morning. Boom. Everyone in the tavern now knows. They will all go home. Everyone there now knows. And that's basically the whole town. Yeah. You set the Boom. spark to spread information or tasks like a wildfire. Yeah. And that's just because people keeps on going. <laughs> yeah. It basically all comes down to social ops are important because people need people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's yeah. a good statement. People need <laughs> social hubs are good because people need people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean you can quote me on that. It's not wrong. No, it's not. <laughs> it's just very basic and vague. <laughs> yeah, obviously it's vague because everything we we are talking about is kind of vague because people need to do their own way of finding out. But for example, for me, thinking about how um, this social hub influences also the district around it, right? What I said about yeah. the people influencing the district and the social hub influencing the district back is, is, is important because it conveys the feeling. And as we talked about already, conveying a feeling is the most important part that you need to do as a dungeon master. You need to convey a feeling and the senses of a scene to your players so they can act in it. Exactly. And they yeah. need to, or how to act in a, a specific setting. Mm -hmm. For example, in the port tavern, they wouldn't mind any of their etiquette or something because it doesn't matter. They can, well, maybe the characters still do because that's the character. But exactly. But yeah, yeah. it is socially accepted to just throw shit sometimes if it is this maybe. kind of tavern. But if they are in a medieval restaurant in the aristocratic district they wouldn't because if they would throw random shit it would cause a commotion the city guard might come in and cause a lot of trouble and that's no good it just makes things more complicated but this is why the conveying of the tone of the correct tone is important to mm. get your players to act yeah. according to the situation when i create a social hub and that can be any kind of social hub from a temple to a tavern especially taverns i think that those are the best examples still because yeah. everyone knows taverns but also temple is a social hub a marketplace is a social hub but those all have right as we said all have different purposes i think there i have three steps and all of these three steps can be step one right they can all be interchanged in my opinion but Like I said, thinking about the numbers, minimum, maximum, and average of this place. That gives you a good example of the size of the social hub, of the type of people you will meet there, and all of that stuff. Second is thinking about the purpose of that social hub next to socializing. For example, a temple or a church or whatever is for practicing uh, rituals, religion, and all that stuff. Tavern is for food, drinking, maybe games. A theater is for entertainment. A marketplace is for selling goods and buying goods. And though that reason is important. 
and and then obviously the type of people that will be there. That is kind of like step one, but I can also do that first and then think about how many of these people are there, right? But like yeah. But but with this time, I'm talking about the characters or, or the characteristics of the demographic of this market or of this tavern, of this temple. Which type of people does this marketplace actually want to have? And with that, basically everything can be a social hub. Yes, but that is again because every place people meet is a social hub. The internet is a f- social hub. Yeah. That's why we the, call it social media. Exactly. And b- building social hubs is, a l- it can be a lot because you have to keep in mind the demographics, the geographic graphical data and convert them into something you can use for your own table but you have to think about them but not too specific because it's still a game and Mm. but if you want to build a perfect city and you're a city planner anyway so go ahead and do that but you don't have to have these specific numbers but a rough idea of what is going on there to build believable and good social hubs Mm, definitely one of the things that i also wanted to say is when you're creating a social hub and it should be we're talking about an important social hub one that your players will frequent maybe a tavern that a regular tavern they are regulars there that's where they always go when they have time in town a temple that for one of the gods of the pcs or whatever right what what i find best for that is think about these things we already talked about but also make up one interesting detail of its history yeah that could be for a tavern the tavern keep has an important funny little detail or or cool mystery detail or the tavern itself has a detail because that alone that certain detail makes this spot unique and interesting and fun to use and it can be significant or very insignificant for example there was a big kickstarter it was called the seeker's guide to twisted taverns and and i think they did it beautifully with these taverns because all of the taverns they have there are unique they have a certain unique feature unique detail in their history or something that makes them unique you have a tavern that's animate where where all the servants are animated armors or objects Mm, that makes these places interesting they have an underwater tavern that's interesting right if you have a certain if you have a certain detail about your tavern, and it can even be, okay, this is just a normal tavern, but the barkeep is an ex-adventurer. The yawning portal also has the yawning portal in the middle, but let's say it didn't have the portal in the middle to the dungeon of the Mad Mage, and only Jernum, who is an ex-adventurer. That alone makes this interesting enough. Yeah. You you have that you build the tavern, and then you make one small fun detail for it, and that will be enough to get your players interested enough in the social hub to frequent it more often. And I love it if my players frequent a certain social hub more often. I I love it if I don't have to make up thousands for like 10 taverns in the city, but just one good one. And there are other bars and taverns and they can go there, yes. But they have this very interesting one that they love, that they like, and it feels unique to them. And that also can have a lot of influence on your campaign. It's the place where your players might start their next adventure. It's the place where your players might invite friends over. It's the place where your players will have parties. It's the place where your players will find new things. It's the place where your players will sleep often, right? There's so much that you can do with when a social hub for them is set. If they can choose their social hub and then you have a good social hub for them. And like, sure, if your players are traveling a lot, they will travel through many taverns. And then you don't have to do this. You don't have to make every tavern 
tavern you need your players frequent to. But if there is a tavern where your players will frequent more often because they have a certain base of operations in a town, yeah, make that tavern unique. Give it a good detail. I can't talk about the detail for my tavern, the Dancing Unicorn. But basically, the Dancing Unicorn is the one stop for every adventurer. It is a tavern. It has a ballroom, it has a gambling games room, it has a spa in the cellar, it has a lot of beds, like it's four stories high with different types of rooms for beds, eight beds, four beds, two beds, one bed, and luxury rooms in one or two bed variants. It has a shop for adventuring here, it has a quest board, it has, it is a near vicinity to the Monster Hunter Guild, so a lot of monster hunters are in this tavern. And the tavern keep is not an ex-adventurer, but someone with some secrets that help him accommodate good adventurers. And he always has good food, he has traveled a lot around the world, and has found a lot of recipes, so there's a lot of variety, and everyone can nearly find something from their home there. And yeah, that's interesting. Sounds fun. Yes, that's a big fucking tavern. It also has a yard where he holds his own animals, and where people can store carts and horses. And yes, this one-stop-all. And that's what I wanted to do with this. I wanted to have my players everything basically in one spot. And there it is. And yeah. now this tavern keep also has some interesting history. This tavern has an interesting history because it, it wasn't the first tavern of this town, but it was it's the biggest. And now this tavern is interesting. And my players frequent it. And I made it interesting, not so they will frequent it, but I made it interesting because they frequent it. Yeah. One thing you just said uh, reminded me, because if they are not low Local to the city where this tavern is, but they are have, have a lot of quests and ideas what they want to do around this town. They probably have made this tavern to their base or uh, temporary base of operations. These are their planning. Uh, the the planning sessions take place there most of the time then, and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. You can yeah. use this as the center piece of your planning stages. Make it even simpler. You can use it as a centerpiece of your downtime. That's what we talked yeah. about with Matt from Roleplay Chat, right? Exactly. Downtime. And we talked a lot about taverns because there are spaces for downtime. Yeah, we can just Social relax. Social are great spaces for downtime. What I like to do to make my taverns unique is to give them some sort of special drink because it is something that only this tavern knows how to make. Like, special drinks are wi uh, widely known. For example, the classic pan-galactic gargle blaster from Hitchhiker's Guide to, Gal uh, to the Galaxy. It is an iconic drink and nobody really knows how to make it, but it's weird and good, so they do it anyways and drink it. And that's something that draws people back to this specific book or idea mm. of the pan-galactic yeah. gargle blaster. And I try to do these things for every major tavern my players will often frequent mm. or stay for a longer period of time mm. just to make it a trademark of that tavern and maybe even that whole town. Mm. If they talk about their adventures with other NPCs, they might just drop the city name and then, yeah, if and if you go there, you go to this tavern and drink that drink because it is awesome or something. Yeah, that's yeah. something yeah. fun I, I agree and little thing. And, and like what, what I want to say is they are great places for downtime. And now comes the twist. They are also great places for confrontation. Oh, because yeah. social doesn't always have to mean um, fun and friendly and calm interaction. It oh, could yeah. be an argument that escalates. A fight in the tavern fights. Everyone has Tavern brawls, the classic. The tavern brawl. A chase through the market is another classic, right? Yeah. Because these are, social hubs are places where people will butt heads. 
at some point. Oh yeah, definitely. And a disagreement about a trade on the market. Two, two drunken idiots in the tavern. That allows for fun confrontation fun interactions and yeah that's again because people socialize and socialization or socializing can also mean being an argument um yeah. having a fight a fist fight and all of that stuff that is still socializing in a way yeah and that's what you need to think about right think about one of the next things you should think about is the, the scene that will help happen in this tavern for example i will always gravitate to taverns they're the best just example for social yeah. um no, but you can think about a scene in this, right? You don't have to, if it's, if it's just a road tavern and your players need to lay down for the night and then venture further. But in a town, if your players are going to spend two nights in this tavern, think of a fun scene in this tavern as well. That can be them gambling with some other adventurers, hearing rumors of sewer rats or whatever, having a fist fight with a drunkyard or something. All of these things are fun because you can do a lot with social ups. You don't have to do a lot, but you could do a lot. And there can be yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah, giving you the possibility of weird shit. Oh, yeah. Is always good. Yeah. I mean, I love making my shop keeps or tavern keeps ex-adventurous because then if some players come, uh, get the idea, yeah, let's get this idiot, we don't pay anything, then he can just pull out a greatsword and say, yeah, you better pay something like this. But yeah. something you can do, especially in a tavern, which is frequented a lot by adventurers, you don't have to make this this way. You can just use one scene where one threatens the barkeep and the whole tavern just says excuse me and throws him out of the window i mean you've watched arcane i can i can't spoil arcane f first episode here right if you don't want to hear this skip the next two minutes the scene vander comes to this merchant and the two goons that uh, that try exactly. to pull to pull him over right don't threaten the guy who pours the drinks like yeah that's something people say don't threaten the guy who pours the drinks because that's just an idiotic idea because if a tavern runs out of business the people that frequent there run out don't have a social hub anymore and yeah. that's why social hubs are so important the people that go there need this social hub and they will defend it yeah it's the same it's in um John Wick, some uh, similar mm -hmm. scene happened there, mm -hmm. and everybody just went crazy on the person or threatened the person who was threatening the barkeep. Yeah, it's just it's a powerful move to do. It it doesn't need to involve any of your players. Mm -hmm. it, it is it's just so simple because the people like the social hub. That's why they go there. So they will. This is where friendships develop. They yeah. know the barkeep. They know he's a good dude. They are good dude. They know the they know the other regulars of this of the seven. They will they they are more or less a friend group now, a circle of friends or or at least acquaintances. And yeah. that's why social apps are so cool because you can introduce a lot of fun little groups of people. Yeah, I think we basically reached the end of this episode, and I yeah. I, I want to summarize once again, especially for building social apps. Think of different things. The numbers that the social hub can have. The minimum number the social hub needs to sustain itself. The maximum number the social hub can accommodate. And the around average number the social hub has. Then you have a number for people. Think about who these people are, what they are like, the characteristics of them. And from that you can derive the feeling of the social hub. And think about the reasons of the social hub. Not only socializing, but food and drinks, selling and trading entertainment, whatever, right? Then also think about, especially if you want to create a, a more intriguing social hub, think of a small little detail, in my opinion, that makes it unique. Think of uniqueness for it, because only if they are unique, they are interesting to the players, in my opinion. Yeah. And then also, in my opinion, think about 
scenes that happen here frequently. Is it a rough tavern where there are a lot of bar fights? Then you should have a bar fight in there because it's fun. And yeah, uh, basically you think a little bit about your social hubs. Don't just place them anywhere. The placement of social hubs is a great thing in urban development and urban planning. So there should be at least some importance on the planning, the size and all the, 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 the building of the social hub for you when you build one. It doesn't have to be accurate, but it should be there. At least you made thoughts about it that made yeah. some kind of sense, right? It's a magical fantasy world in D&D, for example. There's magic, there's dragons. There doesn't even have to be... You don't have to have the same logic as we have in the real world. Yeah, with that, please check us out on Twitter and Instagram at DoubleDMPod and check out our website, www.doubledm.com. It's always a drag. Uh, it's, it's a lot of doubles. Yeah, and we thank you for listening to the episode. Hear you on the next one and bye-bye.